With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and thank you for a very special episode of Sentinel Files Radio. Today's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. This is your day. I hope you get that special time, special cologne you've always wanted. Happy Father's Day to Charles, Sean, Grundy, Russell, Tony, my dad. And all those mentors out there that are our second fathers. Happy Father's Day to you. Today we have a very special guest. We have John Cross. Best known for his up-and-coming role in Brett Ratner's Hercules. John Cross is a native Aussie. We're going to have a lot of fun talking to him about his home country, where he came from, what propelled him into this country, and what made him him. He's a great guy. I can't wait for you to hear him. We'll be talking about up-and-coming movies, movies that are in production. some of our future films. Let's sit back and listen to music. Get ready to roll. Welcome to Center Files. I am your host, Steve Pisa. Today we're missing Charles Carpenter. Happy Father's Day, Charles. I really want him to spend his day with his family. He was trying to carve out a block of time to make this, but mm, I'd rather you focus on your family and have a great day. He's a great man, a very, very hard worker, and today's a very special day, and I would love for him to be with his family. All right, so let's get into our show here today. So the first thing I want to talk about is my favorite TV show that's on right now. It's actually in the third season, which is hilarious. It's called Veep. Now, if you like Elaine from Seinfeld, um, for me, I liked her. She was a great character, but I never thought she would ever exceed point mark of being Elaine. 
in uh, Seinfeld. And a lot of what every cast member really tried an offshoot show to make themselves successful. The only one who was really successful at it was Jerry Seinfeld. Have you seen his documentary when he was up and coming again in, in comedy and he changed the entire skit? It was incredible. But here in Veep, she's broadened her character to a brand new level. The comedy is spot on. I would say it's the opposite of House of Cards. If you watch the House of Cards and you love that show, which I do, and you want to see something similar but a little different, then you want to watch Veep. Because it's very much the, the attitude of Frank Underwood with the incompetence of some former presidencies that we might have had. Insert president here. <laughs> so Veep is a very funny show. Right now you can find it on HBO. You can find it on uh, Amazon, I believe. It, it's a really fantastic show. What's really great about it is the acting dynamic. Whereas in House of Cards, they depend upon the writing and then the acting to really compile a great show. So you've got the great acting, you've got the great writing, you've got the great story. Everything propels it forward. It's a fantastic, fantastic show. For this show, it depends mostly on the actors and their ability to be comedians as well as actors. The writing is there as well. It's extremely funny, but it's obviously the performances by the performers that make this show the way it is. So I really love it. Veep is the show. It just ended in the third season. Going on to its fourth season, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it's really, really fantastic. What shows do you like? I want you to call in. I want you to call in. I want you to tell me what shows you like. Or some of us, I see you are, are logged in. We have a lot of people logged in for our user online. Call-in number is 657-383-1444. If you have a question for John Cross, if you have a, a comment about my favorite TV show or your favorite TV show, I want to hear about that. What is your favorite TV show? Is it Battlestar Galactica? Is it Lost? Is it Band of Brothers? Is it Cougar Town? Is it Community? Really, what is your favorite show? I want to know. Call in. Please let me know. On to our next piece of news here. You know, if you have been keeping up with Comic-Con, Comic-Con just passed as well as E3. Well, Comic-Con's going on right now. E3 ended on Friday, which was amazing, by the way. If you like video games and you like cinema, then you'll love The Division. Tom Clancy made one last game before he passed away. The game was called The Division. If you were looking for an MMO, a, a, a huge game like WoW, you know, World of Warcraft, and you're looking for like more of a real-life episode of that, kind of like a, a Halo plus Zelda, that's The, that's the Division. The Division is very much a, a, an MMO based on a post-apocalyptic world. And I tell you, go to YouTube and type in The Division or The Division Cinematic Trailer. And you'll see a movie right in front of your face ready to be made. It's amazing. I've been waiting for this game for a very long time. Not only because of the game mechanics. Not only because I, I respect Tom Clancy so much. But because the, the graphics are incredible. The stories for it progressive. You can have up to seven to nine to thirteen players playing at one time. People can play on tablets. But I, but I, I definitely want you to watch the cinematic trailer on YouTube. So it's called the Division. That was from E3 this week, as well as the new Zelda game coming out for the Wii U. 
fantastic looking game. I don't know anybody on this planet Earth that doesn't like Zelda from Wii U or Zelda period. So if you like Zelda, there's that new Zelda game. But the Division really stood out the most. I've loved this game for a long time. I was in pre-production. And now that it's going into final production and they're showing off cinematic trailers, that is the game for me to watch. Or if you like cinematic games like The Last of Us, this very much feels like The Last of Us. So E3 was a bl- E3 was a blast. I saw a lot of great games. I saw a lot of great people. Heard a lot of great things for the future. This is like Batman Arkham Knight. Awesome. Just beautiful. One of the last games made by Rockstar for for Batman. And this is the game that is touted as being the game that represents movies. There's never been a game that's been as popular that represents films, movies, or comic books ever. This, uh, these game series are fantastic. So look out for those. But for me, The Division. The Division is the one to look up right now. Because a lot of people, they don't quite know. They don't quite understand. They, don't, they haven't seen it before. Maybe you have and you've seen a little bit of pieces. Watch this one. We just got started with Comic-Con this weekend. How many of you guys going to Comic-Con? Did you dress up? What did you wear? I want to know, call in. We have our number online as well, 657-383-1444. Did you go to Comic-Con? Did you wear an outfit? Did you wear a uniform? And if you did, what did you wear? If you didn't go and you wanted to go, what would you have worn? Hmm, what would I have worn? Hmm, Probably something from Bioshock. Bioshock is my favorite game of all time. I try something from Bioshock myself. I'd like a um, maybe a Big Daddy or something like that. That'd be sweet. What would you like to be? Comic Con was excellent because we got to hear some news from Comic Con that we've been waiting for for a long time. Some things that that we already knew. Knew like Mr. Momoa has been saying for a long time that he is not going to be in the Justice League. Momoa saying. No, I'm not involved. As far as last week, he was saying he was not involved in the Justice League film. When we found out this week that that's untrue. He's actually playing Aquaman. There's Jason Momoa, who played Conan in the last incarnation of Conan, is going to be the new Aquaman. Now you can say, well, he doesn't look like Aquaman. There's no Atlantis either. <laughs> Let me put that out there. But... uh if you're thinking about a person who lives in the ocean in a real-life situation, and he takes care of the sea, and he's some kind of ocean god, then you would think that he'd probably would be Polynesian. He'd probably be from one of the islands. He's, he'd probably be one of those in that region type, and that's what he looks like. As soon as Zack Snyder finalized the costume, that's when they made the announcement. So Jason Momoa is going to be the new Aquaman. So now, as far as we know, we have Superman, we have Batman, we have Wonder Woman, we've got Cyborg, we're going to have Green Lantern, we're going to have, uh, and not Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, by the way. And I want you to remember that Green Lantern by Ryan Reynolds was directed by Edward Zwick. Edward Zwick did Glory and The Last Samurai. So if you think the the Green Lantern stunk, which I did. I, I don't blame Ryan Reynolds. I don't. 
when you have an Oscar-winning director or an Oscar-nominated director up there making a film and it fails, I don't think Ang Lee is blaming other people for his for his I don't know uh, misdirection of the Hulk. I loved it, but a lot of people say it's misdirected. Um, I don't think an Academy Award-winning director should really give excuses. It's mostly their fault in my mind. So the Green Lantern to me was not Ryan Russell, though they are going to recast him. The Flash. Now we have Aquaman. So we have the Justice League. So what I understand is that the Justice League is going to come out in 2016, 2017, excuse me. And then uh, the rest of the next film is like the offshoots of Wonder Woman and Superman 2, the, the next Superman film being Superman 2, the direct sequel, will be coming out in 2018. This was actually leaked a couple of days ago. And this person is pretty dead on with a lot of their predictions about films in the future. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to the Justice League film? And if so, what are you looking forward to? Is this the right cast? Now, I want you to remember that we all laughed at Heath Ledger when he was going to be Joker. I mean, a lot of us did. I should say that. We all laughed. Heath Ledger. Yeah, right. Heath Ledger. Amazing. Amazing. We all know this. This keeps on happening. When you see Quicksilver for X-Men Days of Future Past, we laughed at that costume on Empire Magazine, didn't we? We all pretty much laughed. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. You got goggles on and a, and a, a painted silver jacket. Serious? That's your costume? And then you see the film and you see him in action and you think to yourself, you know, I want to see an entire Quicksilver film. This is incredible. If you, if you saw Days of Future Past, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you have, that was an incredible scene with Quicksilver. Incredible. The movement. And I think that's going to inspire Joss Whedon for the Avengers films to make Quicksilver's powers look a little, a little more similar to what Quicksilver in, in uh, Days of Future Past is going to be. Now, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not in Joss Whedon's head. The guy's a genius, so he can pretty much do whatever he wants. It didn't make a change. So when you think about that, and you think about all the people in the past that you second-guessed, like Hugh Jackman when he was going to be Wolverine, and you may be too young to, to, to remember this, but when Hugh Jackman was first going to be in the X-Men film, People were like, you're too tall, uh, you're too thin, you're too this, you're too that, you're Australian. Can you imagine the X-Men movies or Wolverine without Hugh Jack Jackman now? You can, can't you? Keep an open mind when you think of these people. Keep an open mind because you don't know what's going to happen. As a matter of fact, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, who's in Hercules with John Cross, is touted to be the next Shazam. In 2017. He's been doubting it for a long time, but I think it's going to be announced very, very soon. So he'll be the next Shazam, the next Mr. Marvel. Oh. That'll be amazing. What do you think? What do you think of the films that are coming out by DC? You know, don't tell me that Marvel's doing great and DC's doing bad. I think DC's just, you know, a little shell-shocked <laughs> by what happened to them. You know, Batman and Superman are very, very secure properties. You can't just go out and make another you know, Batman Returns or Batman with oh, a silly costume. You know, George Clooney was excellent, I think, as a Batman. If he was in a different Batman film, of course. We don't need to see Batman with Areola. <laughs> so I think that's what they're trying to hide from or they're kind of freaked out by. Who wouldn't be? So I think, I think DC is just taking more of a conservative point of view. And I, I'll be honest, I, I, would, I would say that's probably the best 
attitude to take, considering that Marvel is taking off in a rocket ship. You know, a lot of people complain that you know the X Men properties, as well as the Spider Man properties, as well as the um, you know Guardians of the Galaxy. All these properties are three different companies. Twentieth Century Fox owns X Men. Sony owns Spider Man. Marvel owns the rest. This is my argument for why Marvel should not own all the rights to those films. At least. Not yet. My reasoning is this. Imagine if Marvel owned all of those comic book titles. All of them. I'm talking X-Men, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Avengers, all that stuff. Would you have an Avengers film by Marvel? No, you wouldn't. You'd have an X-Men film. And then, as soon as X-Men made money, you'd have another Spider-Man film. After Spider-Man movies, They'd be secure in the properties they had, and they would dig deep into their treasure trove of comic books. You'd never get a Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think. You'd constantly get Fantastic Four, the popular one. They would make safe bets. But since Sony is picking up their, one of their hugest properties being Spider-Man, and, and X-Men is just taking off like wildfire, they have to dig deep, be creative. Think of Doctor Strange and the Black Panther. By the way, the Black Panther's waited so long to have his movie. It's preposterous. They have to dig deep to find these new in the Marvel Universe. That is awesome. That is what you want. Secretly, that's what you want. You don't want Marvel to own these, own these properties right now. Do I think that they'll join later on? Well, absolutely. I think eventually, like Avengers 3... I think you'll see, you probably see Spider-Man and Wolverine in Avengers 3. I think most likely. That is my gamble. But remember, it's a gamble, it's a bet. It's not real. You don't know. But it's my bet. If I know Joss Whedon, not on a personal level, but if I know Joss Whedon as a creator and as a manufacturer of great media, then I know for a fact that he's already starting on that. You get that ball rolling. Hugh Jackman as well has mentioned that he wants to do it as well. He said that he wants to be in the next Avengers movie, the third one. And quite honestly, I don't see why those companies wouldn't be heads-on. That would be the fourth phase or the third phase of all their films being done. By that time, all of those DC movies should have been made. They should be billions and billions of dollars and be more than free and happy to share the wealth with the rest of their group. So I'm pretty positive. And in the third film of the Avengers that you'll see uh, Wolverine and, and Spider-Man. But th- that is my argument of why Marvel should not own all the properties right now. Do you have a different argument? Do you think differently? Do you have a different opinion? Well, call me up. I want to hear your opinion. 657-383-1444. What movies have you seen this weekend? What movies did you see last weekend, the weekend before? Have you seen The Edge of Tomorrow? Have you? The Edge of Tomorrow is a fantastic movie. Starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. I think it's fantastic. Of course, uh, I think a lot of the problems right now 
is that people, you know, they think Tom Cruise and, and they have their, 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 their opinions and what have you. And they don't want to, they don't want to go see his film. The movie is fantastic. Really, the movie is really great. And the only reason why you'll, you'll miss it uh, is because you have a bias against Tom Cruise or you don't think it's going to be a good film or whatever you think. I, I have no idea. It is a good film. You will like it. The Edge of Tomorrow. If you liked Godzilla, then you'll like The Edge of Tomorrow. If you liked Days of Future Past, then you'll like Edge of Tomorrow. If you like Groundhog's Day, you'll like Edge of Tomorrow. If you like Starship Troopers, you'll like The Edge of Tomorrow. If you like Tom Cruise and any movies he did that were good, you'll like Tom Cruise. You'll like this film. The Edge of Tomorrow. It's based on a manga that's called All You Need Is Kill. And very much like Edgar Wright doing Skull Pilgrim vs. the World. Skull Pilgrim vs. the World was not finished when Edgar Wright finished that film. As a matter of fact, the end of Scott Pilgrim, Knives was supposed to end up with Scott Pilgrim. And then it went through the loop and people started seeing the movie and people started saying, that's, that's not right. That's not right. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Because he basically cheats on his girlfriend. So, they, so Edgar Wright wrote it very much like the comics because they ended by the time he, he finished the first cut. So he finished the film in a different way. He finished it he ended up with the other girl. So he rewrote the manga because it wasn't finished yet and changed it back because the manga version was better. I, th- I find that incredibly interesting. So when you look at, at uh, The Edge of Tomorrow and you look at the manga that it was based on being uh, All You Need Is Kill, it's not finished yet. It's not done. So a lot of you are saying the conclusion of The Edge of Tomorrow is not satisfying. Um, it's satisfying unless you're li- living in Brussels. Unless you're living in some kind of war-torn country and you want to see some kind of, like, adject justice. The film is good. The ending is good. It's satisfying. It's a happy movie. It's a good movie. You really, really enjoy it. The Edge of Tomorrow. Godzilla's another one. Fantastic movie. I love Godzilla. Which is really interesting. Because they took the director of Godzilla and he's doing the second offshoot Star Wars movie. So right now there's going to be five Star Wars movies being made, being the three sequels and two offshoot movies. Most likely one focusing on Boba Fett and the other one focusing on Yoda. I'm guessing, but I think I'm right. And the interesting thing is that the major complaint about Godzilla was the human component about the film. Now, I have zero complaints because I love the film and I love Godzilla. It looks fantastic and I saw it in IMAX 3D and it was amazing. I loved it. And if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Shame on you. That's an excellent film. You have to see it in the big screen. But it's very interesting that Josh Trank, who did um, Chronicle, and also did, or was also doing the new Fantastic Four, the, the reboot, is also going to be doing an offshoot Star Wars film as well. I think he's going to focus on the Yoda character. That is very, very interesting stuff. I love it. This is the best time to be alive in cinema today. When we were kids, we were wishing that X-Men would be made into a movie. Spider-Man, Avengers. To all these kids today, it's brand new material, fresh. To us, it's old. We've seen it since we were kids. We were just waiting for this day to appear. 
Now it's come. Now everything that we desired is what they desire. Isn't that amazing? Do you have an opinion of what the next film should be? I know that uh, Doctor Strange is coming out very soon. They're, they're, they're doing prep work on Doctor Strange. They already have a direct, They already have a director. A writer is working on a script. Black Panther as well. Planet Hulk. These are all considered phase three positions in the Marvel universe, which are just fantastic films. I cannot wait for those movies. Anyways, Godzilla. <laughs> Going back to Godzilla. Edge of Tomorrow. You've got Godzilla. You have several films coming out. Now you have Hercules coming out very, very soon. I have not. I don't know if you've seen the trailer yet, but please go see the trailer. It looks amazing. We're going to take a short break. Come back, and we're going to speak to our good friend, John Cross. Thank you very much for listening today on a special episode of Cinema Files Radio. Today is Father's Day, and uh, I'm very, very appreciative for you listening today. For all you fathers out there, happy Father's Day, and thank you for listening. Let's stay on, and let's get John Cross on here. Here's our special guest today, John Cross, is coming on. <laughs> Hello, Mr. John Cross, how are you doing? Good morning, Steve, how are you? Oh, a second round, look at that, they love you. <laughs> how are you doing, my I'd friend? I'd like to say, I'm, I'm very well, I'm very well. I'd I just like to quickly say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Indeed. John, John you, you, you obviously have that accent going on there. Where, where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in Sydney, Australia. Nice. For the big city. In the big city. It's so the biggest you, you, city in... A, sorry. Right? It's the biggest city in Australia, but, um, yeah, there's, there's only five million people there that... The entire population of Australia is about the uh, population of the greater LA area. <laughs> <laughs> That's 14 million. That's 14 million people right there in that small little area. You know, what's interesting thing about Australia is that even though they're small and small in population to a certain extent, they follow us in mm-hmm. war wherever we go. So they're, they're our best companions. So to me, they're, they're a gigantic country. Oh, so yes. Uh, so you're born... Uh, Good. Sorry, yes, yeah, sorry. I'm... Um, 
Yeah, uh, Australia and uh, Great Britain have been allies with uh, the United States probably in every war since uh, since the First World War. Yes, well, yeah, I love watching those. I'm, I'm a I'm a big aficionado World War One, World War Two, and you know it, it's something that a lot of people don't realize that the Canadians and the Australians fought so hard on our side through so many different altercations throughout the world. It's amazing. It's a, it goes to show a, a very bright and warrior breed type type of human. The Australians have always been a, a sort of hero to the uh, the Americans because they fight with us no matter no matter what. Mm. So so did you did, is it uh, mandatory in Australia for you to to join the armed forces or, or is it more voluntary? I know in South Africa you need to go. How's it like in Australia? Uh, no, no, it's it's a voluntary uh, voluntary uh, profession. In Australia. Nice. So we can all move to LA and be actors now. That, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> we can all pretend to be warriors instead of being actual right. real warriors. They're the real heroes. Yeah, if you, if you look at the, there's a great movie based on the, on the Kiwi Nation called we, we, Once We're Heroes, which is a great, great film. you gotta, you got to see that. So I, w- I want to know everything about you. We, we met at the Lackey premiere. And I loved meeting you. I loved talking to you. you. You were very affable. You were funny. You had a lot of great stories. Uh, um, and now you have this huge movie coming out, and, and we even come close to talking about that. Let's, let's, let's go way back, and let's go back to your, your childhood. You are born in Sydney, Australia. Where did you go to school, and, and uh, like grade school, prep school, high school? And, and when did that acting bug kick in? Um, oh, well, oh, God, you're taking me back now. Um, <laughs> we we we, uh, we had different names for schools uh, in Australia. Like, when I was very young, like, uh, under 12, I went to a school in Australia called Villa Maria. It was a very small school. Not, not many people would have heard of it. Um, and then uh, my high school that I went to, because uh, we... High school for us is is the entire six years. It's, we don't split it up into uh, junior, middle, and high. So you go to the same school for six years. Um, that sounds like a nightmare. That, <laughs> that sounds well, like actually, a nightmare. You got to be. <laughs> so you go, go on. Go on. So it, it, it has its positives and its negatives because. Uh, you know, what well, the positive thing is that, you know, the, the the friendships and the bonds that you you have, that you create there are very strong and, and they last for the rest of your life. Right. And when did that acting bug kick in? You know, because there's a lot of very famous Australians who left left their country and came out here and made, made, made a go of it. And uh, I haven't seen many failures when it came to the Aussie-American uh, movie connection. Uh, we have a gigantic um, Australian acting team out here. Did that influence you as an actor? Uh, and what what influenced you at, at the base level when you were young to be an actor? Or did you want to be an actor? Do you want to be a comedian? Because I know you're a comedian. So which one did you want to be, and when did that start? Um, I'm actually, I, I caught the, the acting bug very late in life. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't really want to do it uh, professionally until I was 21. I, I actually did act from about the age of 10 in uh, in school plays. 
but I, I didn't take it up seriously until until I was twenty one. Really? What were you doing before? Yeah. Um, and well, before I mean, that, like before that, I, I went to university uh, in Australia and actually studied film and TV. So I was studying to be on the other side of the camera. Right. Well, you, you've been in you've been in in soap operas, you've done national ads, you've you've done a lot of things here. Tell tell me about your soap opera experience. What was that like? Um, that was an amazing uh, kind of um, breeding ground uh, for my early acting career. Uh, in, in Australia, we have two two very famous shows. Uh, one's called Home and Away, and the other one's called Neighbours. Um, but they're both filmed in different cities. Home and Away is filmed in Sydney, and, and Neighbours is filmed in Melbourne. So, uh, so it offers uh, opportunities for actors in both cities to... Uh, practice and grow their craft and a, a lot of well I'd, I'd say 90 percent of the actors that come out of australia have been on one of those two shows at some stage in their career and uh i, right. I was fortunate enough to be on home and away for about or oh, five episodes as a as a police officer nice that's awesome that's awesome and then and then from home and away where did you go from there What's our next step after Home and Away? Um, after after Home and Away, uh, my first step was a friend of mine uh, actually produced his own his own film with uh, that he he uh, actually um, financed himself with some friends of his. Uh, they they put a million dollars million Australian dollars of their own money into the film and. Uh, I, got, I just got a call out of the blue from him one day because he needed um, a large actor to be <laughs> a soldier in his film. And uh, I was the only large actor that he knew because there aren't many actors in Australia that are my size. I'm, uh, I'm kind of, I'm six foot two and like 200 pounds. So... And in uh, case nobody's seen pictures of, in, in case you've never seen pictures of John Cross, he's gigantic. If you, if you look at my picture in there about Her, Hercules, you see him in the back left-hand corner, and, and most of you see him. Just look at his calves. His calves are the size of his neck. <laughs> so please continue. I was wondering who was Hercules for about five seconds there, but uh, please continue. Yeah, I... So this I, is the movie. That, I, is, is this a complicated life of Annie Frisco? Um, that was... Uh, that was that 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 was actually one of my first productions that I did here in the United States. It was actually um, it's a web series that a, a few of my friends are trying to get off the ground. It hasn't quite uh, had any traction yet, but I, I did the uh, pilot episode uh, just before I left for Budapest to film Hercules, and it's uh, it's quite a funny little film and series idea for a series. Um, and it, it would be like a comedic uh, web series, which would be terrific if it got off the ground. And you, and you play Fletcher in that? Yes, I uh, I got to keep my Australian accent. The, the whole the whole concept of the um, the, the series is about a girl who's uh, a private eye, uh, but she goes undercover to uh, find out. Um, 
if men uh, are cheating on their wives or their girlfriends. And uh, my character was a guy who was cheating on his wife, but uh, I was quite obnoxious, and that added to the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the husbands in the world right now are laughing. You, realize, yeah, yeah. you didn't? Did you? Did you die in it? <laughs> Um, well, actually, she, she is an assassin as well, so, uh, but we didn't get quite get to that part of the, one, one oh, of the characters, no. one of the male characters does get killed. Uh, yeah, but, don't, don't ever cheat on an assassin. That's, I think that's the uh, lesson that you learned here. That's correct, yes, yes. You never know who you're going to be dating. <laughs> so you went, it's, it's your, you're, you're also in uh, Hollywood, right? And you're playing Moose? Yes, that's that's another web series that a friend of mine is developing. Um, uh, I, I can't actually tell you much about that because I haven't seen the entire script. But uh, it's another it's another comedy. Nice, nice. Now I, I, I want to talk to you about your 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 comedic role because I, I know, like last night, you're you're off doing your comedy role. You're off doing your your your. It's basically acting and comedy at the same time because it's a performance. I want to know all about this. When did you start off comedy? Because you're a glutton for punishment, obviously. You're, you want to be punched in the face. As, as, if you want to be a comedian, then you obviously want to get punched in the face. So please tell me, when did that begin? <laughs> when did that begin in your career? And what drew, what drew you to comedy? Oh, actually, it's it's only been a recent interest of mine. Um, I only picked it up maybe six or twelve months ago um, because I've I've always wanted to do action, uh, but um, I thought that now that you know I'm here in the United States, I should you know diversify diversify and expand my um, kind of skills or repertoire because you know you can't just do one thing. And uh, I can't sing or dance to save my life, so I thought comedy because I'm, I'm quite funny. And uh, and people would often ask me, you know, uh, you know, John, you, don't you want to do action? Why why are you trying to do comedy? And I, I thought, well, you know, I might as well create my own little niche market where I'm a comedic action star. Nice. <laughs> That's nice. So, you know, uh, so when, when, when did I, you start off I, with comedy? You started off six months. Uh, you said six months ago. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, only only about six months ago here in the United States. Since then, I've performed about five or six times, and uh, I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough uh, to be given the opportunity by uh, a terrific lady called uh, Tammy Jo Darren. Um, nice. I think that's how I correct correctly pronounce her name. She organises these. Uh, comedy events at uh, two locations. One one place called the Marlow Bar on Sunset Boulevard, um, and another, and also at the Comedy Store, which is the uh, second most famous um, comedy location in in Los Angeles and probably on the planet. Um, so uh, and I performed there last night and and also about a month ago. So it's been terrific, and I've been getting. Uh, great response. Nice. So people have been responding kindly to your to your uh, newly adopted career path of being comedy acting. Yeah. Well, no, nobody's throwing any rotten tomatoes yet. But, um, <laughs> well, pe- people are cruel in comedy comedy clubs. I mean, they can be 
If they don't like you, they can be quite cruel. So, I mean, if you're if you're having a good experience, that is by far probably about 10% of the population of comedians I know. And that's awesome. That is purely awesome. Yeah, I mean, so right now I'm, you- I'm very happy. Obviously, like, there's, you know, I'm, I'm in the infancy of it. And, uh, you know, there's guys that have been doing it for two or three years, and they're, they're amazing. And, and I've got a lot, a lot of room for growth or, and improvement, but uh, I've started well. Is there any kind of advice you can give people if they want to do stand-up or if they want to go up there and do a comedy? Is there anything you can tell them with, with your... I would say, you know, it's limited experience. It's six months and you're getting in there, but you have a lot of experience in media play as well as in production. What advice would you give to people who are trying to get into a comedy or stand-up comedy? Um, I think uh, preparation, preparation, preparation. Like, just going over and over your script because uh, there was one performance I actually did. We were supposed to be up on stage for... Um, eight minutes, and uh, which which doesn't seem like a long time, but when you're a fresh face, that can be a lifetime on stage. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so uh, the there was one performance where I I was ill prepared, and I got to about the fourth minute, and I just I didn't have anything else, and I just I just went okay, thank you, and walked off, <laughs> and I was right. a little bit disappointed, but. But uh, I I learned from that experience, and I said, you know, right, because as, as an Australian, we don't fall; we we keep going uh, until we get it right. And so I said, well, the next time, even if nobody laughs, I'm gonna stand up there. Even if I have to stand there in silence for eight minutes, I'm gonna stand there and take it. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> So basically, being a stand-up comedian is a lot like being a prisoner. You got to um, stand there, just yeah, take it, and keep on going. Exactly, exactly. You know, because I mean, if you, I, I believe if you know, if you're going to commit to something, um, you should you should commit to it a hundred percent, even even if you fail miserably at it. Right. You know, at least you, you at least it? you. So. No, no, go, well, please go. No, no, you, you go. At least on. you what? I, at, at, at least oh, you. I, I can't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I know. Screw you up. All right. No, that's no, all right. Really? Yeah, I should learn how to just shut up. So, the, <laughs> so really, when I look at that, when I look at that, the uh, stand-up comedian skill, that's that's an intense skill because it's very difficult to do because you're being you're being judged on the spot. It's also different than stage play. Whereas people can actually talk to you while they're sitting down there because they've been drinking. Um, what, do you find it discouraging sometimes, or do you just keep on pushing forward? Um, look, I, I think you know if, if you're going to be in the entertainment industry and and you can't handle criticism, you're in the wrong industry. <laughs> right. You just got to develop a thick skin and and keep going. Um, but I, you know, obviously. Uh, you, you should listen to your critics and and take that on board and not take it personally and think, well, wow, I'm I'm glad they said that to me because now I can take that information and use it and improve myself. Right. Well, boys and girls, this is one of the reasons why I wanted John Cross on here. You can you can obviously hear the humility coming out of his voice. It could be a huge star in, in about. 
two weeks. You're going to see his name everywhere. And right now we have a fellow Aussie named Jack. Uh, we're going to put Jack in line here. He wants to ask uh, John a question. Hello, Jack. You have a question for John about his, uh, his acting. Please ask. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, basically, I just want to know what kind of advice you'd give anyone coming from, like, uh, Brizzy or Australia. You know, if you want to be an actor, uh, what's the first thing I should do? You know, should I get an agent or, like, uh, it's so hard, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree, Jack. Are you calling from Australia? Well, no, actually, I'm calling from uh, the U.S., actually. But um, oh, I, have, I have friends all over, so... Are you are you here permanently in the US or are you on vacation or? It's really hard. Like I'm here just for a little bit on vacation and then I want to become an actor. Okay, terrific. I mean, yeah, in in Australia, obviously the uh, the industry is a lot smaller and it's it's a little bit more difficult to get into. Um, uh, if, if if you have the opportunity, um, I would I would advise you know going to um, to do some training if. If you're still, you know, young or under 25, if if you're over 25, I think you know that kind of ship has sailed, and you should just try and get straight into the industry. Um, How old are yeah, you? I'm 36. Oh, so yeah. I've been doing this for quite a while, but I've I've only just come to the United States two years ago. So. Uh, well, I just wanted I, to I, say congratulations on everything because it's really important for like Australians to be inspired by other people. And um, I think thank it's great you. what you're doing. So. Terrific, yeah. And good luck, good luck good with luck. the movie. Thank you, thank you, Jack. Good luck with your career. And, uh, yeah, try and get some work back in Australia or here or wherever you can get it. Thank you very much, Jack, for your question there. It's really awesome for people from Ozzy to give us a call. Draco, thank you very much. Or Jack, thank you very much for calling in there. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question there. You know, people come out here that, you know, this is something I was expecting, which was, you know, it, Technically, you know, you're, you're, you're from Australia, so a lot of people are going to say, well, you're from another country, and you're, you know, very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger, came from another country and dominated this country. Was that, mm. a, was that a focus? Was that a thought on your mind of, I want to come to America? Because we all, listen, we all have dreams. When we have dreams and we have focuses, we, we pump them up. I want to be president. I want to do this. I want to do that. Was that a thought on your mind before you came out to America that I want to come to America and conquer it? Now, was that a thought or, or was that... Not. No, it was definitely it was definitely a conscious decision to come here. Um, because they, I mean, we have a terrific industry in Australia, but uh, and and we breed such great artists, like not just actors, but writers, directors, uh, producers, uh, DPs um, across the board. Um, but the 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 problem with the Australian film industry is is financing. You know, because we have a very small population, so trying to get films up, up and running is quite difficult. And, and the films that do get produced are, are mainly dramas, which, which are terrific. But uh, you know, I'm I'm trained with swords and guns and and fighting, and and that's all done here or in the UK. So, so it was always a conscious decision to end up here in the United States. Technically, a, a very young man. Growing up in Australia, you, you must have seen, you know, um, not Hugh Jackman, because I think Hugh Jackman is more of a localized actor, but Nicole Kidman and what have you. Did you grow up watching Nicole Kidman and, and being inspired by these Aussies, or, or, or did you just kind of focus on yourself and look at it that way? Because Russell Crowe is also from there as well. Did you, did you look at these actors and say, I, I want a similar career path? 
or did you use them as examples, or did you just kind of supersede them? Um, well, I, I haven't superseded any of those guys yet. Hugh, Hugh Jackman's amazing. Um, but I, I think yes. the, the, the closest idol I have in in Australia, and, and he's a similar type to me, is, is Russell Crowe. I think no matter what people say about his personality, and I get frustrated about that, and I, I've, I've never met the man, so I, I'm not going to comment one way or the other, but... No matter what you think of him, he's a terrific actor. Like amazing, like his body of work is fantastic. And I, I, I did follow his career. He was actually well known in Australia before he hit the U.S. market. And he, there's an Australian film that you should watch if you're in the United States that that really put him on the map in Australia. It's called Romper Stomper. It's quite yes. violent and and confronting. So. If if you don't like that sort of thing, I wouldn't watch it. But it, it's an amazing film and an amazing performance. Oh, I, I, all films coming out of Australia are are really amazing. I mean, just even starting back with Baz Luhrmann. I mean, he's, he's an he's an amazing director. And then you start to look at all the other uh, directors. They're they're really fantastic. A different feel as well. They have a very eccentric look on the universe. It's very very interesting. <laughs> So it's funny you should men- mention Baz Luhrmann because my first job in the industry was not actually as an actor but as a as a crew person on uh, on Moulin Rouge, which uh, you oh. know is, is quite a famous popular film, and um, I was you know I, uh, I'm listed as a trader assistant, but I was actually you know it's a glorified name for a runner. <laughs> So right. I, um, I I did a lot of work in a lot of different departments on that film, and you know I did everything from you know getting the coffee to uh, you know researching um, historical facts about 19th century France and getting some of the props, so and everything in between that. Right. Yeah, and that was an amazing I, I, experience. I, 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 that's you know being a runner being. <laughs> A glorified run. You're around Baz Luhrmann. You're around his energy. You're around his directing. I mean, I worked location for many, many years. And just being around these guys really influences the way that you perceive and see um, the movie or cinema industry. Um, I remember working with Verhoeven, which was one of the last jobs I ever worked on. It's incredible when you work with these people. I mean, a lot of people say, I just worked production. Yeah, you worked production with Baz Luhrmann. You didn't work production with, like, you know, some some shenanigans. you did something fantastic. So that's amazing. Uh, all of you guys who, who are listening in, if you have any questions for John Cross, please call in. Um, the number is uh, 657-383-1444. But I do have a question here um, from Eileen Charles. What is John's perfect role? What would his E! True Hollywood story sound like? So what is your perfect role? Well, that's, that's a good question. You're putting me on the spot. Um, I, I think that I, I think that I would like to play the the reluctant hero. That would be my perfect role. Um, hmm. I, I don't want to give anything away, but there is there is a character out there in, in the X Men universe that I would love to play. Uh, and, oh, you're going to be an actor like that? You don't want to put that out there, huh? No, no, because you know people go, "Well, he's my competition. Let's cut him down." <laughs> Uh huh. Can, can we can, <laughs> can, can we guess? Can you, can you give a couple guesses that we maybe we can guess on this one? 
he's he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. So it, I don't Marvel I don't know what else is. He's Marvel. He's Marvel. I actually grew up. I love. You know, I heard you talking about DC at the beginning. <clears throat> I grew up collecting Batman comics, and I love the uh, the character of Batman. I think DC did a, a terrific job with him in the in the recent films. But you know, I am. I'm partial to Marvel with the way they've produced their their product. I, I think that DC should take a leaf out of their book. <laughs> I'm not going to say any more about that. <laughs> if I came up to you as, as a Marvel exec and I said, listen, I want you to play a Marvel superhero, um, who would you like to play? Can you say that? Okay, well... Well, it's, it's not actually it's not one of the heroes. I, I, I would like to play Armageddon. Armageddon. No. Yeah, the evil guy. <laughs> He's a great he, character. Oh, he he is an amazing character. So you grew up reading Batman. So did I. What what introduced what um influences for Batman was in your life? For me, uh, I I love Batman because he was a self-made man. A self-made warrior. What interested you about Batman? Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I mean besides being a I mean what little boy wouldn't want to be a, a hero by night and a playboy by day? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, yeah, being a self-made man and and Australia, you know, that's that's in our culture. You know, uh, we always root for the underdog and. And Batman is is very much that that type of character, and and you know all credit to Superman. I, I think you know he's he's a terrific character as well. But he's an alien from another planet who's got superpowers. Like he doesn't need right. to really try. <laughs> Batman has to work hard. <laughs> he does. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I, this is this is total dorkiness coming out in us, but. In the original comic books, what I really liked was the kind of uh, the inspired love affair between Batman and, and Wonder Woman. And one of the reasons why was because she was so impressed that a human being who didn't have superpowers could fight and could defend everybody when Superman obviously had superpowers and could defend anybody because he's more basically a god. So I found it a little discouraging when you look at these new comics today. They have Wonder Woman and Superman being lovers. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that a strong Amazonian woman would go for the strongest man on earth. I would think that she'd want to go with somebody that's, you know, compassionate and. Yeah, well, you know what you're actually that? teaching me something because I, I didn't know about that that love of. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that's that a whole. Dork. Uh, well, I'm I'm a dog as well. I love dogs. I think nerds and dogs should rule the planet. You know, I love going out and doing yeah. role playing and sword fighting. So. Doesn't worry me when people criticize me for doing that. They they can go and do what their own thing. <laughs> no, I love it, and I, and I see that there that you that you do your own sword play. Where where was that inspired by? I actually I got interested in that about five or six years ago when uh, I did a production of uh, Macbeth in Sydney, um, and I was fortunate enough to get the role of Macduff, which is. And um, well, besides Macbeth, is probably uh, oh, and Petruchio is one of my favourite male characters in in a Shakespeare play, and I'm I'm a passionate Shakespeare uh, supporter and reader. And uh, whenever I'm in London, I go and see a Shakespeare play. And uh, we had a 
a fellow who's probably one of the best fight choreographers in the Southern Hemisphere called Kyle Rowling. And Kyle uh, has trained um, all the um, actors for... Uh, Trying to get John back on the line. Let me see if that's right here. Hello? Hello, John. Sorry, mate, I dropped out. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Sorry, that was I was fun. talking live, about... Live radio, boys and girls. <laughs> I was talking about Kyle Rowling, um, who, who was the choreographer for... Uh, for Macbeth, and um, he's probably the best fight choreographer, one of the best fight choreographers on the Southern Hemisphere, and uh, he trained all the actors for the Star Wars trilogy in Australia, and he also trained Eric Banner for uh, the movie Troy, so he's very competent, So, and, and I ended up training with him for uh, four or five years, and uh, I, I also continue to do training here in the United States. Nice. And, and the focus for that is, is to use that in film? Um, yeah, well, obviously to translate it to film, um, but I, I just enjoy it. It's a, I, I own my own broadsword and two cutlasses, and uh, I, I actually help train some people uh, on occasion, but it's uh, for every specific role you do, um, you have to learn... Uh, a choreographed fight for that role. So, like, you know, Dwayne Johnson in Hercules had to learn a, a choreographed fight, uh, as I did. But uh, you have to really know the basics, and it has to be in your body to be able to to do that type of performance. If you, if you see John Cross walking down the street with a sword, run. <laughs> run for your life, it's obvious. I wouldn't, I wouldn't carry guys, a sword in America. Everybody else here carries guns that would be useless. <laughs> <laughs> Never bring a sword to a gunfight, I guess? Yeah, no. So we, we, we have a, we, go ahead. No, nothing, nothing. You know, you, you, you can comment on Russell Crowe, but I'm going to. Uh, I love mm. Russell Crowe. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I love everything that he does. If... If you want to see, listen, audience, if you want to see a great movie by Russell Crowe, go watch Three Days. That is a fantastic movie. And for a lot of people, and, and I do not want you to comment about this, but for a lot of people, they, they, they hear that story about him hitting the guy over the head with the, with the, uh, with the phone, and, and they, they, they take that in consideration. I want you all to understand one thing. If you have a pregnant wife at home, 
and you get discouraging news that something's in trouble, and somebody gives you a problem, and you're not going to hit somebody over the head with a phone because they're pissing you off, then you probably have a different world than we do. <laughs> because as far as I'm concerned, uh, Russell Crowe has been a gentleman and has done great films. Uh, people criticize him for um, uh, Le Miserable. But I, I, I think the acting was fantastic. He's a great actor. Keep on watching his films. I love, love Russell Crowe. Uh, we, we have a question here from uh, Wileen Charles who says, uh, in your best villain voice, can you say, in a world of good and evil? <laughs> in a That's world Wileen of Charles. good and evil. Her uh, uh, name's actually Wileen. She's a, she's a good friend of mine. Oh, I put you in there. <laughs> um, uh, well, hang on, let me, let me say the sentence. Okay, hang on. In a world of good and evil. <laughs> William, did you get that? Good. We, we, have, we have somebody else here who knows you. Uh, Slavo from uh, Hungary. He said he works with you in Budapest. So let's see what he has to say. Uh, Slavo, thank you for joining us here on Cinephiles Radio. You had a question here for John Cross. First of all, very uh, thank you for uh, having me as guest on uh, on radio. Thank it's, you. Uh, thank you. Um, for um, I hello John. Hello Slava. How are you? I'm fine. I'm very glad to hear your voice, and uh, I'm I'm to say to you, it's it's very uh, nice to. Also, because you're very when you work with express, you're very nice. So, and also to be extra, it's very hot and warm. Also, very in Budapest, and also you are always nice. Thank you, Slava. Yeah, I believe that you know, no matter who you are on the set, you know, from Dwayne Johnson to to an extra, you know, everybody's important and everybody contributes to that film. Also, for me, um, I it's it's okay with two questions. Not not a problem. Is for one is I I see when I um working with uh, you have very good very good connection with them with Mr. Director Brett Ratner also. So I was wondering how. You get this good connection with him for his all make all good movie with Dragon Red Dragon and also other film. So how you as extra and also as actor and also as how do you get for this good relationship you you had? Um, I I I think it's it's just a, a natural process that you can't. You can't force a, a good connection, and, and in terms of uh, it's, it's from some, it's 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 something you, is is the skill you have. It, it, uh, I mean, I'm, well, I mean, it's just it's a natural skill I have. I'm I'm very very good with people. I uh, yeah, I'm very I'm, I appreciate that also. Yeah, and and in terms of. Brett offering me more roles, you know, that's at his discretion. I can't, I can't force that situation. Like, you know, if if I'm lucky enough that he offers me more roles, that would be terrific. He's a fantastic director, and I'd love to work with him again. But that's that's out of yes. my control. Yes. And so, also, what was your what was your second question? 
Yes, it's for accent. It's for uh, all in typical if you are actor, if you're trying to be actor and you're of, if you're from Europe and, and if not, your accent is not good. And also for you, you Australian, maybe you want to play American roles in 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 the movie or TV or comedy or how how do you, um, how do you work for the accent to be very good? Well, thank first you. First of all, I'm lucky enough. Well, thank you for the question. And um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to the, the fact of the matter is my first language is English, which is uh, a huge benefit to me. Um, but yeah, the second thing is, uh, yes, I have uh, been offered roles with an American accent, and I have to work with a, a dialect coach to to change my accent. So, so is there it different? Is, this is coach for us for training, also for voice. Yeah, I mean, LA the the amount of coaches for different things in this city, like there's a you know from fight choreographers to, to accent coaches that it, everything is at your disposable in, in this in this city because the whole city is based around the industry of filmmaking so we have that benefit there may be somebody in Budapest I don't know but you have to do the research who can help you with this nice thank you for answering your questions and thank you very much for Slav for calling in we really appreciate that for everybody else who wants to call in, please do call in if you have questions for John Cross here. Uh, the number is online, as well as I keep on posting it on our, on our message boards here at 657-383-1444. Thanks, love, for giving us a call here. We're going to take a small little break here. We're going to reset, and then we'll have a little conversation with uh, Mr. Cross about his experience with uh, Brett Ratner. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for listening in on Cinema Files here with John Cross, talking today about his career, his past, his present, his future, 
Right now, let's talk about something that's very, very close to him, very, very close to his heart. And that is Hercules. The Brett Ratner's Hercules is going to be coming out in July 25th. Uh, it's very different than the other Hercules that came out. This is the Hercules that's based on the comic book. If you haven't read the comic book, the comic book is called Hercules, the Three Scene Wars. It's starring Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Brett Ratner as director. It's like Ian McShane, Reese Ritchie, Joseph Fiennes, John Hurt, and John Cross. Having completed his legendary 12 labors, Hercules, the Greek demigod, has his life as a sword for hire, tested when the king of Thrace and his daughter seek his aid in defeating a tyrannical warlord. Now, I'm very much looking forward to this film. Very much. The Rock is, is an excellent actor, and I really love him in everything that he does. I really want to see him as, as Conan. I'm really glad that Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming back as Conan, and then Dwayne can come back and, and do Hercules. I want to hear what, what John Cross has to say about this film. I want to hear some interesting stories, and I want to, I want, I want to hear uh, about his experience. So, so John, you, you, you got introduced into, um, into Hercules through Brett Ratner. How, how did you get this role, or how did you get introduced into this role? Please tell me this experience for you. Um, well, the, the first thing was that I had to do an audition here in the United States in Los Angeles. Um, and um, the minute I walked into the room, uh, Brett was actually there. I was fortunate enough that he, he was there. And um, he, he looked at me because he was uns, unsure whether he, he wanted to use me because I'm a fresh face. Well, in the United States right. anyway, but uh, the minute he saw my size, he's like, okay, <laughs> we'll put you in the movie somewhere. Um, but he wasn't sure where. And and so when I got to Budapest uh, eight months later, uh, I, I mean, I would say 70% of the cast wasn't, well, they'd been hired, but they weren't placed in any roles. So they were still trying to figure out who was going to play what. And um, Brett, uh, was trying to place me uh, as one of the soldiers and he wasn't sure which one and he said how, how loud is your voice and I said um, pretty loud and he said how, how loud can you scream and I, I went pretty loud and so he took me outside of the room and he ran like 800 metres away and he said I want to hear you and so I yelled at him and he could hear me and he said right you got the role of Lieutenant Marcos <laughs> Hello? I'm here. So yeah, that's how I got Lieutenant Margos. Nice. So so because, you got Lieutenant Margos. Basically who was I had it? to who command the army. You know we we, we shouldn't be saying it. A, I, you know, I I you know when when I first saw you I, I recognized you. From 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 this film, uh, I was very blessed to see a couple couple little snippets here and there of the film a little while ago. And uh, audience, listen, this film looks awesome, just awesome. Uh, I can't wait for it to come out. Now you're playing Marcos in this film. No, when yeah, you first got Lieutenant the Marcos. Call, Lieutenant Marcos, when you first got the call of Lieutenant Marcos was going to be your part, what was the first thing you did? Um, I I rang my mother and father. 
Nice. How happy were they for you? Oh, they were they were ecstatic. You know, um, they're like you know, you've been waiting your whole life for this opportunity, and they were in Sydney, Australia at the time, and it was uh, you know only three a.m. in the morning there, uh, and, but I didn't care. I woke them up. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't think they would care either. I'd be like, just tell me the good news. Exactly. So, 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 so you got the part, and uh, where they called you up, you go, you went for a fitting. Uh, where did you go to film this? What did, what did you do? Um, who did you introduce yourself? Let's start off this way. You got the part, Lieutenant Marcos. They called you in for a fitting, obviously. You went in for a fitting. All, well, what happened? What happened next? Um, well, actually, all, all the fitting and stuff was done in in Hungary. So once I had Marcos, um, yeah, they they flew me to to Budapest in Hungary because that's where the film was was made. Okay. Yeah. How was your experience there? Uh, I mean, I've never been to Hungary, but I mean, Budapest is is a beautiful city, and and Hungary and the, and the Hungarians are such a lovely, welcoming people, and and they're they're a very very attractive race of people. I have to say that the men are very strong and handsome, and the women are all very beautiful and feminine. Everybody go to Budapest. <laughs> get, get on the first flight. <laughs> Everybody get the heck out of America and go to Budapest. Everybody's hot there. <laughs> and and, you and went there. a dollar goes... A dollar goes for what? A dollar there goes very far. Like, I don't know, about a thousand of their currency. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That reminds me of old New Zealand where... A dollar really was, you know, for for us a quarter was their dollar. It's changed now. Mm. You buy you can buy a house for literally like what you know, hundred thousand dollars at each house. Incredible. Nowadays it's up. Prague was the same way. It was really cheap. Now it's up. But when you went to Budapest, you found that things were cheap, uh, inexpensive, I should say. Um, yes, and no. There's certain parts of the city, but it's it's definitely starting to. Uh, vibrate that city. It's, it, you know, before before the the war and before the communists took over, it was known as the Paris of the East, and it was a beautiful city. But then it kind of decayed under the communist regime. But now they're starting to rebuild, and and people from all over Europe and all over the world are starting to come back to Budapest, and and it's starting to be the jewel that it once was. Hello? Hi, John. We're here. Hello. We're just waiting for Steve Pisa. The host to return. Well, I can hear you again. Yes. So many calls right now. So many people calling in, so many people are writing in, so many people are listening. It's actually traffic. So it's, it's, very, it's very interesting. The host can boot it off the show, uh, but it's a good thing because a lot of people are listening in. So, so please, um, let's continue on. So you went to Budapest. You, you, you started um, introducing yourself to people. How did the production start, and how did the, 
First off, how do the people welcome you to Budapest, knowing that you're doing a production with Brett Ratner and Hercules? Well, I mean, uh, I, I mean, the, uh, nobody knew me because I'm I'm new, so it was quite intimidating uh, when I first got there. I, I the only person who I knew was Brett Ratner, and and you can't exactly call him up on the phone and go, "Hey, let's hang out," because he's He's working, right. uh, you know, 22 hours a day. Um, but uh, with with the other, there was there was two particular actors on the film that really took me under their wing, and I became friendly with um, a fellow called Joe Anderson, who's British, and also, uh, as you mentioned before, Reese Ritchie. And they're both terrific, lovely young male actors, and they're they're doing well. They're both kicking kicking goals and, and, you know, uh, they'll be coming up through the industry over the next uh, 18 months. Um, but, yeah, right. I was fortunate enough to have that. And also the people of Hungary, you know, were so welcoming to me and, and the cast and crew of Hercules. Right. Well, you you have, you know, excellent actors in this film, being John Hurt and what have you, you know, Joseph Fiennes, who I really enjoy, especially since, uh, you know, Shakespeare in Love. Uh, did you get to work with these people? Did you get to talk to them? Did you, did you enjoy being with them? Well, obviously, you did. Well, it's funny. Those two actors, with John Hurt, yes, I got to work very closely with him. Amazing man. And, and you know, Ian McShane and, and Peter Mullen. And, and those guys, you know, were the old school. And they they often sat together and, and talked to each other about, you know, the old days and acting and, and I, I, I could just sit and listen to them for hours, you know, and absorb their knowledge. Oh. Oh, um, Ian, but with, Ian McShane is an excellent actor. I mean, that guy's... I mean, amazing, amazing. But with, with Joseph Fiennes, I, I yeah. never actually got to meet him. I, there were no scenes I did with him. So, I mean, that's sometimes how film goes. So what was your experience on this film coming from, you know, I'm going to put it very plainly, minor productions to a major production? How does that feel coming from this? To How did it feel? I, I, I felt exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> It must be an actor's dream and nightmare at the exact same time. Like, wow, this is incredible. Oh, my God. What am I doing? Um, was oh it like my, there, was, there, was, there was one particular day on set where I, I can't really say what happened, but it was, it was my yeah. Ben-Hur moment. I, I had to pretty much uh, be in control of 600 people and the way they moved. Um, so I was basically directing people in the scene. And I, I was just sitting there and I would go, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I threw up a number of times. Wow, nice. But I got the job done. Well, now, Lieutenant Marcos is, 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 is somewhat an important character in, in, in the movie. Please tell me, what is your character's part in this film? If you can. If you can't, then that's perfectly fine. I mean, basically, he, he is the, the uh, second-in-command and also gives the orders to the, uh, the Thracian army. 
that's about as much yeah. as I can tell you. We 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 can't wait to see you in the film. The, the film is uh, insane. I, I, now, I, 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 go ahead. I, I can't wait to see the film either. <laughs> I think I've seen more of the film than you have. I, I think you have. I'm like, God damn it! How did you do that? <laughs> I can't tell you. The person will be fired. But you know. <laughs> I had to keep on telling you that this person is going to get fired if I tell you if I, who I watch this with. But, you know, I, I remember sending you the trailer. The trailer was so exciting and so exhilarating. Um, how did you feel the first time you saw that trailer? Well, uh, like, I mean, the the teaser trailer, you know, it was obviously exciting. And, and then the next trailer that came out. But when I saw the British trailer, like, I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to be... Yeah. Uh, the movie of the summer. Yes. I agree. I agree. And, and the, the thing, you know, I, uh, I might end up to ask is, you know, we, we've met each other before. We've, we've talked plenty of times before for quite a while now. Uh, I'm not, I'm not big into asking people who, you know, don't need, but you're, you're an excellent personality. You're a great guy. I love talking to you uh, at, at the Lackey premiere. I love talking to you on the phone. I love talking to you uh, through Facebook, we, we had a, a nice relationship going back and forth. Well, what keeps you being this nice guy, considering the fact that you're going into Hercules, starring Dwayne Johnson and, and, and uh, the director of Brent, you know, Brett Ratner? I mean, what, what keeps you this humble? What keeps you this motivated to be a nice guy, where other people would probably be writing this fame all the way to the top? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that um, I don't know as. I think I think it's either in you or it isn't. But as as if if in any profession, you know, my father's a doctor, and uh, and and that's even a more important profession than than what I'm doing. It just so happens in modern society that actors are, are revered because uh, it is such. It seems like an impossible thing to do. Like, and it is. It's a very difficult industry, and and uh, you have to be slightly crazy to want to get into it. <laughs> but in, in in another way, it's it's terrific because you get to uh, share and and your knowledge and 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 tell a story to a, a large audience. And um, right. And I, I think you know you just have to realize in yourself that every job you do, you're you're fortunate enough to be able to do that, and you're lucky enough to be able to do that. So, so you're wearing your costume, you're Lieutenant Marcos. Yeah. You're in a field with full of hundreds of X-rays. You got Dwayne Johnson and the rest of the cast in front of you. You got Brett Ratner yelling out instructions from from some corner with a big microphone, most likely. How do you feel at that moment as you see the crowd of people there to be in the same production that you're in? Um, like I said, it was it was just exhilarating and and uh, terrifying all at the same time, you know. And, and I loved the experience. It was the most incredible experience of my life. And uh, you know, hope that I, I, I will get that opportunity again. Uh, but, uh, you know, in some ways I do regret that it was, um, that it, it uh, I was my first U.S. production because, and it was such a huge production because it was, 
there were moments where I, I couldn't get to enjoy being there because I was so focused and feeling the pressure that I, I couldn't just breathe. But I, I still am thankful for the opportunity that I was there. Right. Oh, you know, the interesting thing about these things, the more you do it, the calmer everything becomes, the more you can enjoy it. I can understand being first huge production and being so wanting to be on the mark. It's difficult to enjoy yourself because you have to be on your mark. You have to be very, very good in order to stand out. I can understand that, definitely. But when you saw the trailer, did, did you, were you able to, so you were able to see the, the, the excitement and happiness afterwards, huh? So that's, that's probably the flaw of being an actor is that you don't, don't get to see your part, get to see your um, exposition without it being made and finished. Do, do you think that's part of the problem? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, one of the other actors on, on the film was teaching me about this because, you know, as, as no matter whether you're the lead role or supporting or right down to an extra, you know, once your role is is done on that film, you just have to let it go because you know you don't know whether you're going to make one scene or a hundred scenes. It's it's out of your control. I mean, look at look at what happened to. I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but the the actress who who played Mary Jane in the latest Spider Man, she didn't. Yes. She didn't get one scene. You know, so that's it. Like she's out. <laughs> You know, so it's out of yeah. your control, which is which is unfortunate because you know, she probably did a very good role, but it just didn't happen. No, I, I understand. I understand that part actually. I, I read that script and saw what they were doing. Uh, unfortunately, with Spider-Man, they, they put so many pieces in the mark that if they put Mary Jane in there, it, it wouldn't have made sense in the end. Did you see the film? Yeah, did you I, see I, 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 yeah, I saw Spider-Man. It was terrific. Yeah, you see, one of the one of the one of the flaws of the film, uh, to me, is when she died, because the thing about it is, when she dies, Spider Man's supposed to believe that she was alive. And he's supposed to be so confident, and he's supposed to roll down and see that she's actually dead, and then he blames himself. And then afterwards, you see the repercussions by the government, the military, the police force, even even supervillains that see him as a murderer. So I, you couldn't have seen that in the movie. And if you would have had Mary Jane in the film, it would have made the relationship between him and Gwen Stacy convoluted, and it would have made sense when she died. So I, 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 can, I, can, I can see that part, but uh, in other films like X-Men, Days of Future Past, I mean, they cut a lot of people out of that movie. Because there are so many characters. Um, were, you, were you afraid when, when, when this movie was uh, going to come out that there were so many characters that you might be cut yourself? Um, look, yeah, I mean, sure, that, that's, that, that's a fear, but you know, you just have to let it go and, and be thankful for the opportunity that you got to work on that film and, and just move on to the next film because that's that's all you can do. I mean, I mean, and once Hercules comes out, you know, two months after that comes out, you know, uh, it'll, you know, I mean, it won't fade away. It'll always be there. But, you know, I, I have to keep my career alive by doing more roles. Oh, absolutely. Basically. Oh, wait, we can't just wait, sit on Hercules for the rest of my life. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, you could, but I don't think you're going to. No, no, I'm not. I can't. Is, is, are, are there any interest? Can you tell us any interesting stories from Budapest? Something 
something that uh, caught your eye or caught your ear or, or something that's uh, kind of quirky uh, when you're in Budapest filming this film? Um, uh, nothing about the film or like... No, um, no, about, about being an actor in Budapest and filming a film for the first time. Because this is your first experience in a gigantic film. I mean, it's got to be strange for people to be treated very differently than you were maybe three months ago. And craft services treating you differently. And you're, you're up there doing a film. You're wearing a gigantic costume. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a di- it's a different experience. Um, well, actually, the, the, the only unique experience I had on this uh, was that I actually got my very, well, not a full trailer, but I got my very first trailer on, on this movie. So Ooh. that was kind of exciting. <laughs> my very first trailer. Yeah, but it was only That's a third awesome. of a trailer. But it was, it was. I still, I got, I got part of a trailer. <laughs> were, were you, were you, were you uh, sharing it with other people? Yeah. So there's, there's different types of trailers. There's, there's full size ones which, uh, you know, the lead actor and some of the main cast had. And then there's half-sized trailers, which have two rooms. And then there's, there's other trailers that have three rooms. And that was, that was my trailer. Well, then I have to ask this question. You're in a trailer with two other guys, right? How was well, that, that experience like? Oh, really? <laughs> so more... yeah, yeah, we get our own space. Nice. That would kill them. Uh... What do you mean that would kill them? If you're in a, if three people in a room in Budapest, I imagine it's humid and it's hot. And if you're in oh. a, a little camper by, or like you know what I mean, like a, a camper by yourself, all three, I, I can't imagine personally. I can't imagine being in a room stuck with with three people. But you get, uh, you obviously had partition. Yeah, there was partition, but the, the walls were very thin, and uh, and uh, obviously, you know, some of the noises coming out of the other rooms were. Quite uh, <laughs> X-rated uh, on <laughs> <Quite> occasion. Interesting. <laughs> interesting the word we use. <laughs> so you you, you 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 meet Brett Radner. You meet you meet Dwayne Johnson. You film this excellent film. You come back home. You sit on it. What do we do next? What, what what's our next move after that? What, what have you been doing since you finished role, your role? as Lieutenant Marcos in, in uh, Brett Rainer's uh, Hercules? Um, well, I've actually got very exciting news because I'm now doing my very first film since Hercules, uh, which I'm actually going to be shooting in New Zealand, so close to my own home country. Uh, and it's called, um, sorry, it's called Safari Club. And uh, okay. it's... It's a smaller film. It's you know it's a very low budget film, but uh, I have a larger role in it. And uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, who I met here in the United States before I went to Budapest, uh, a guy called Ben Medina, who's a terrific director. Um, but this is his first feature film. But he's worked on commercials uh, internationally. is is going to be shooting the movie. He's going to be directing it, and I'll be. Uh, I'll be acting in it. Nice. So what character were you playing in the Safari Club? Um, I haven't I haven't actually seen the script yet, but uh I know I'm playing a mercenary. A mercenary. 
Awesome. So it's another action film. Nice. So Safari Club will be filmed in Australia. No, New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Excuse me, everybody. (laughs) You're not sending... They are different so places, like I understand that. American. No, 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 that, that was a technical error, boys and girls. I know the difference between Australia and New Zealand, okay? So I don't want to hear anything from anybody. <laughs> I, that, that, I know that. I know so many Aussies, and it's hilarious to me when I, see, when I hear people call them Kiwis and what have you. I know inside their heads they're going, I'm going to pop your head like a balloon, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, sir, you're, you're, you're going off to New Zealand to film this film. Uh, which is yes, the Kiwi in, state. in August. Uh, in August. Nice. Yeah. And the director's name is Ben um, Medina? That's correct. Awesome. Awesome. So after, after you finish this, are you, are you going to continue to do stand-up, or are you going to do stand-up before you leave off of this production, or, or um, what are you going to do next before this film? Um, I'll, well, I'll, I'll try and do uh, maybe one or two more stand-up uh, gigs um, before I leave, and um, then after I return, uh, I, I don't know. I, I probably will try and focus more on getting uh, work in film and TV rather than doing my stand-up. But you know, I'll always continue to do the stand-up on the side. Well, as, as we wrap up, let's, let's let's focus on that for a second there. Uh, if we wanted to see you on stage telling us jokes and making us laugh, where can we see you? Um, well, that's a good question. I I haven't been given uh, new dates yet. Like uh, Tammy Joe invites us. Uh, I, I usually do it about once a month. So um, the next time she invites me, I'll um, I'll put all, all the details up on your website. But yeah, I, I haven't got no dates at the moment. Awesome. Well, you know, if if we want to reach you, if we want to find out where you, where your news is going to be displayed, uh, where, do you have a fan site? Do you have a Facebook account? Do you, what do you have? Uh, yeah, I have. Hang on, I have a. Um, I do have a fan site. Uh, it's. Let me just have a look here. Um, you can tell that John Cross is new to the Star World because he's looking up his titles. <laughs> Of, of, of how to reach him. That's hilarious. Dude. Look at this guy. He has no idea how big of a star he's going to be. He's looking right now on the computer, I bet you a million bucks, on uh, what the hell he's doing next. It's amazing to me. I, I, I can't wait for you to be famous, man. You, you owe me sushi, by the way. I, I do, I you. do. I'm okay. going to take you. Uh, so my, 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 I do have a fan book page. It's... Um, it's on Facebook. It's called John Cross Actor. John Cross Actor. And you also go by Joseph John Cross as well, right? Uh, John Joseph Cross. Nice. But, nice. So but my, um, go to his fan. But, so my, uh, my, my stage name is just John Cross. Just John Cross. Yeah. That's how you can find him. Look him up on, look him up on, on Facebook. John Cross Actor. Or John Cross, the human being, and then you'll find them on there. So you're you're going to do a couple of comedy acts. That's what you're going to do before you you leave off to to, uh, to New Zealand film your next film, Safari Club after Hercules. Um, after you do that, you're going to, you're going to go off and do a Safari Club. When you come back, what are your plans for that? What are your plans when you come back from the Safari Club? I know it's a little ahead ahead of schedule because you need to finish your film first. But when you come back, 
what's going to be your focus? What's going to be your concentration? What are you going to do? Um, well, I, I, I have to get an agent first. I haven't yet to get an agent in this in this country, and then just go to auditions, auditions, auditions. That's, I don't think you're going to have any That's all I can that. say. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, you know, John, you're, you're an excellent character. And when I met you for the first time, I really, really enjoyed meeting you and knowing you. Um, when, when I first had the chance to get this radio show, first person, one of the first three people I went on the show was you. Um, I find you to be affable and friendly and a, a really genuinely good guy. Um, I'm really looking forward to this movie, Hercules, as well as Safari Club, as well as everything else that comes your way. Is there anything else you'd like to say to your, uh, to your uh, fans before we, uh, we say goodbye? Uh, I'd, I'd just like to say thank you for listening. and uh, I'm so excited that, um, that you know, you're all out there. and I, I know there are people listening all across the globe, which is an amazing thing, like from Australia to Great Britain to, as we heard before, Hungary. And um, I, I hope you all see the film and you all enjoy it. And just, just as a side note, the, the film doesn't actually open globally on the same date. So if you want to find out when it's opening in your country, uh, you should go to uh, the Hercules website and it will tell you there. If you want to find John Cross, please look on your IMDb. I've had a couple of people having problems with that. Look up Hercules. You'll find him on, on, the, on, the, on the list as well if, you, if you're having a couple of problems. But John, type in John Cross your IMDb. You will find him. The film we're going, to, we're going to see him in next is Hercules with Dwayne Johnson, directed by Brett Ratner. Then after that, we will see him in The Safari Club, directed by Ben Medina. It'll be directed in New Zealand. Uh, also... His comedy acts. Please go on to his Facebook, look up John Cross, and I'll put it on our Cinephiles Radio uh, Facebook account so all of you can see that. Keep up to date with this guy. He's a fantastic character, fantastic comedian, fantastic actor, and a great personality. John Cross, thank you very much on a very special Father's Day for joining us on the show. Uh, God bless you, and I, I hope all the best for you in your future. Thank you, Steve, and, uh, and happy Father's Day once again to all the fathers out there. Thank you, brother. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you later. Everybody, we're going to take a little short break here, and then we're going to rejoin us and have a close-up conversation. Listen up.
Don't tell me that wasn't a great conversation. I can literally talk to John Cross for hours and hours and hours. You know that you know somebody and you're having a good time when your questions kind of scatter out and pattern out like that. It's, uh, it's kind of what I want, to be honest with you. What I really want for this show to be more natural. You know, classic Stern, classic shows, classic. Or, you know, questions are questions. You know, you sit next to somebody on a, on a plane and you have a simple conversation and you ask them about their life and you have a great, great time with somebody you didn't know before. That's what I wanted the show to be. So I hope that's the way it's coming across to you. I appreciate everybody calling today, especially on a, on a Father's Day and listening to our show. I greatly appreciate you, you listening in. I can see the numbers in front of my face. It's a fantastic audience. We're going to close up our show in about a, about a second here. But I want to, again, thank John Cross for, for giving us a call and giving us a great interview, giving us a great uh, insight into acting as well as being Australian, coming to America, working on his film, working on his acting, working on his com- comedic skills. It's amazing to hear somebody coming from literally a foreign country. Coming here and making a difference. I'm first generation American, so I totally understand. My parents came here, give it a go. He came out here, give it a go. That's very brave. Hey, we're going to take a short little break. We're going to close up our show talking about very interesting things. All right, well, thank you very much for listening to Cinephiles today. If you want to call in and ask a question, the phone number here is uh, 657-383-1444. And we'll answer any questions you have or put anything on, on the air that you'd like to discuss. But uh, I wanted to finish off with uh, discussing uh, the, the, the new movie that's coming out very, 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 very soon, which is Boyhood. I saw a little, little bit pieces. Oh, we talked to Shane Graham last week. I saw a little more of the film this week, and I very, very much enjoyed it. 
If you didn't hear our last broadcast, Shane Graham was on from Boyhood. It was a fantastic show. It's a great movie. He's a great character. Please listen in. It's on our audio files. If you go in there, it's, a, it's an old, well, not old, but it's a, it's a week old interview. And you can download it or you can listen to it or listen to it on YouTube or download it from iTunes. And as soon as we're done with this, in about five minutes, you'll be able to listen to the entire conversation with John Cross. You can download it, iTunes. Listen on YouTube, all those sources. Thank you very much for everybody for joining us today on a very special, special episode of Cinema Files Radio. We greatly appreciate you being here today. For all you fathers out there who are listening today, thank you very, very much. My father's name is Rosario Pisa. I love him very, very much. Came from Sicily. That fairly young in my life, fifty-three, but still, it was a very, very important part of my existence. On this day, I like to honor my father, Rosario Pisa. You are my light. You are my love. I thank you for being part of my life, for teaching me everything I know, for loving me, despite who I was as a person or as a character. Regardless of how young I was. Again, I'd like to thank our guest, John Cross from Brad Radner's Hercules. Soon to also be seen in Ben Medina's Safari Club. But Hercules will be coming out July 25th. Remember that you're all special. Today on your special day, enjoy your day. Enjoy your family. And God bless. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for being here. And I'll see you next week. Thank you also to Lisa Pisa for producing the show. Lisa Lilla Okolani Pisa, thank you very much.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.